Over these last days, we've been offering instructions, progressive instructions that encourage us to open up to the entirety of our experience. While giving some preference to an anchor, we still have explored when the attention is drawn to other experience, attending to aspects of physical experience, the breath, the body sensations, sounds, aspects of mental experience, emotions, moods, feeling tones, thoughts, and the subtle impulse about to move, about to think, about to have an emotion, the intention. And in the in-between times, we're also exploring the other physical senses, seeing, tasting, smelling. Nothing left out. We can be mindful of anything How we are mindful is crucial, curious about experience as experience. Rather than as something about me or something to do something with, just what's this experience? How is this felt? as a human being. What is it like to be a human being experiencing this? That kind of curiosity with kindness, wise attention. We've encouraged using an anchor for the attention, a place to settle the attention. And have given some preference to the anchor. Unless the attention is strongly pulled to something else, we're giving preference. We've been giving some sense of preference to collecting the attention with the anchor. which can support a stability of mind and a continuity of mindfulness. To have that place to return to.
as the momentum of mindfulness strengthens, we might explore a less directed form of practice, one where we're not choosing anything in preference to anything else. a form of practice sometimes called choiceless attention, open awareness, receptive, receptive awareness. Which opens more widely to the flow of our experience moment to moment without preferring any particular aspect of experience, without giving preference to an anchor. This shift, we could say, from giving preference to an anchor to letting go of that preference highlights a factor of the mind called attention. Attention is different than mindfulness. Mindfulness being kind of a receptive quality of the mind that knows what is happening in the present moment while it's happening. Attention is a factor of experience that happens in every moment that's choosing something to attend to. This factor of attention, it's an interesting kind of factor. It is amenable to conscious choice, we can consciously choose what we would like to pay attention to. And this is how the anchor practice works. We prefer attending to the breath and we can choose. Right now, perhaps I could suggest attend to the sensations of your hands, a form of my words kind of directing your attention perhaps. Or you might notice a breath in this moment. So the factor of attention is amenable to choice. And yet if we are not consciously choosing what to attend to, attention will naturally choose something out of our, out of the range of experience to attend to, kind of a natural unfolding of attention, conditioned unfolding of attention, but not our entering in with some sense of conscious, like, I'm going to pay attention to this.
So attention and mindfulness are different. I used to think earlier in my practice when I learned, I first learned the directed form of mindfulness practice. And I thought that if I wasn't choosing what to pay attention to, it meant I wasn't being mindful. But mindfulness is, a, is more just the, that basic aware that we know quality, or self-reflective capacity of our minds to know that we know. Attention is kind of pulling particular features or experiences out of the field to attend to. So we can be mindful, be aware, kind of settle back, relax, and simply let go of any preference for what to attend to and see what is attention interested in attending to. It's helpful often to begin with relaxation. Relaxing that part of the mind that has such a habit of doing and choosing. So let's start there. Allowing the body to relax. You might explore this consciously, kind of scanning through the body and relaxing various parts of the body. And yet at times it can be interesting to explore kind of just dropping in a request or a kind of a expression of wishing that or Maybe, maybe the body can relax. Or, body, can you show me how to relax? Rather than trying to do it, it's like an intention or dropping in a request. May the body relax. And see, how does that request land in your system? Sometimes... Our system knows ways to relax that we don't consciously know how to do. So, arriving with yourself here in your body, may the body relax. See what happens. I even find sometimes a few times dropping in that request. A deeper relaxation might happen. May the body relax. May the body relax. May the mind relax. 
We don't even have to actually know what that means. Just dropping that request into the system and seeing what happens. May the mind relax. We'll begin this exploration of a more open, receptive awareness by choosing a field, the field of hearing. Starting with hearing sometimes can remind us of how it feels to settle back and let experience come to us because we never know what the next sound will be. It's pretty clear we're not in charge of doing the sounds. So we can connect to the field of hearing and receiving. Perhaps the sound of my voice, the silence between Sound, the sound of my voice. Small rustlings, poppings in the room. Maybe receiving, hearing, noticing this quiet hum. of some machine. Relaxing and receiving the sounds. Exploring the possibility of kind of settling back. Not kind of having the attention going out and looking or listening for sounds, but settling back to just hear what comes to the ear naturally, easily, in this moment. And in this moment, if it doesn't seem that there's much in the way of sound, you can just recognize the silence, receiving an alternation of sound and silence.
And now expanding or allowing the field of awareness to receive from all aspects of our experience, perhaps body sensations, often a very obvious field of experience and attention can kind of gravitate towards what's most obvious in a moment. Or perhaps there's a recognition of the pressure of the contact points, hardness, softness, coolness, heat, the breath, interwoven with hearing. Relaxing and not trying to control where the attention is, but rather just letting the attention naturally shift from experience to experience. Attention may also receive thoughts or emotions or moods. Our practice here is, in this form, is simply checking in what's happening now. What's obvious now? And how about now? The breath. Hearing. Tingling. Moisture, thinking, breathing, relaxing and allowing experience to come to you, settling back. It can be helpful to use the noting practice in this form. Gently acknowledging what is most obvious now. Maybe about once every second or two, naming that. Hearing. Contraction, hearing, thinking, just a gentle, steady, relaxed connection, acknowledging 
what attention has already touched. If you use the noting about once every second or two, it's pretty likely there'll be a lot of things you notice in between what you're actually noting. And that's okay. The noticing is the most important part. Sometimes in a shift from the more directed practice to a more receptive practice, the mind can get a little confused or uncomfortable about not directing the attention. That can just be something else that we notice. A little uncomfortable. That's what's obvious right now. Confusion is happening. Or sometimes there's the experience of searching for something to notice. Searching is happening. Relax, allowing relaxation. Receiving what is obvious in this moment. And in this moment, and this moment, the habit of directing the attention might arise almost without you doing it. You could notice that too, directing. Directing is happening. And then explore the possibility of receiving again.
Sometimes with this form of practice, the mind can get a little drifty. The first thing to explore there is just noticing, oh, drifty mind. When you notice that, drifty mind. If it continues to be very drifty like that, You could reconnect consciously with your anchor, refreshing, reminding yourself what it's like to be connecting, knowing experience in the present moment. And then when the attention is naturally noticing some other experience other than the anchor, letting that be the place where you begin receiving again. And letting go of the preference for the anchor at that point.
It's what's happening now. What's obvious? What's already here? Already being known. How about now? And now?
you are welcome to explore this form of practice. You might play with it at a few times during the day, or for some of you it may feel quite easeful and supportive for your mindfulness practice. You're welcome to do it as your main practice. Just letting go of the anchor. And there are also maybe times when it's supportive to come back to the anchor, allow the mind to settle and collect, and then open again. Or if you're cultivating concentration, just staying with the anchor. There's many different conditions out here in the in your minds, and we offer these tools as a support for your practice. What supports you to be mindful, to be present with experience? And I would say that with the open awareness practice, in shifting from a directed attention to an open awareness or receptive awareness, it can feel uncomfortable at first. When I first got this instruction, it felt so chaotic. It's like objects just spinning around me. And I'm like, how do I notice all of these things? It was so uncomfortable. And so I I began with a kind of what I called, uh, I described to my teacher, uh, an anchored open awareness practice. I stayed in touch with the with the anchor, and yet noted or noticed a lot of other things like, oh, there's a breath and hearing and the breath and body sensation and the breath and thought and the breath. An and practice with the anchor. That let me kind of get more comfortable with the wide variety of experience. Staying a little bit, like I felt like I needed to tether just a little bit. And what I would say is I initially thought this open awareness practice was not my practice, but because that, that was mostly because I had so... Uh, much habit around the directing of the attention. And when I finally began to uh, let go of that aiming or there was a little bit of control in there, you know, wanting to be in charge of what I was paying attention to, when that began to soften, I did find that this receptive awareness practice is very natural for this mind, very easeful. And so it is now my primary practice. So it's useful, even if it doesn't feel like, you know, this, if, if this is your first time exploring an open awareness practice, for some of you it may be, for many of you, you're already familiar with it. But if it's your first time exploring it, give it a chance several times 
many times. Perhaps like me, there's a little bit of holding on to what's familiar. When we open into an open awareness, sometimes we step into less familiar territory. And it can take some time to be relaxed and easeful in less familiar territory. And so give yourself, you can play with it. Play with it for a little while and then perhaps go back to the anchor. Play with it again. In the sitting practice, there's a kind of experience that can happen as we shift to open awareness, receptive awareness, where it feels like you know that you're aware and you are aware of like the distant experience of other sounds and body sensations. It almost feels like you're surrounded by cotton balls. It's like none of those experiences really feels like what attention is paying attention to. In that experience, at times there is, there's always something that attention is paying attention to, but Sometimes it's, a, it's an object or an experience that's a little less familiar to us. In that experience or that description, I have found at times that what the mind is attending to in that place is a sense of spaciousness. That's what the attention is interested in, spaciousness. Not in the specific experiences that are happening in the spaciousness. Attention can have this quality of being very precise, noticing very specific sensations like the pressure on your hand or a sight, a sound, a particular body sensation, the arising of a thought. And attention can also be very broad. Attention can take in spaciousness. Attention can take in calm, which also has a very broad sense at times. Like we don't know calm by looking in like at some particular part of experience. Calm is a very uh, diffuse kind of experience. And so attention can meet diffuse experience as well as precise experience. And in opening to open awareness, at times the attention will naturally be drawn to some of these experiences we're not so familiar with being aware of. in that place where you may know that you're aware, but not really clear about what awareness is aware of or what attention is connecting with in that moment. It can be helpful just to recognize, well, I know that I'm aware. Not clear what the object is. That's okay. Not clear what the object is. Sometimes it it can take some time for the mind to begin to really understand certain kinds of experiences like calm, like equanimity, like spaciousness. What is that experience that attention can land there and know that other things are happening, but it feels like attention is not really going to those other experiences. 
there is a little bit of attention that meets those experiences that's that that they are being known even in the distance there is a little bit of attention there but it can be useful to rather than try to make those be where the attention is more focused open to a kind of sense of being aware and knowing that you're aware and there's something there that the attention is connected with at one point in Burma I was practicing the Mahasi technique what we've been instructing you in in a kind of a modified form over these days and I was had shifted to the open awareness practice which is the the direction that this practice that we base our instructions on heads and um, uh, the, the mind was just noticing all kinds of different things and at some point it was like it was riveted there was clear awareness I knew that I was aware I had no idea what the mind was so riveted to there was a strong sense of the interest I could tell the mind was really interested, but I had no idea what it was interested in. I just noticed that there was awareness and interest. And I, I recognized I, I, that the, there was the recognition, yeah, no, don't know. Don't know what it's interested in. That was the experience. I didn't have to make it something else. We don't have to change our experience. Just notice what it is. So we have just a few minutes for for questions. And Greg, would you do the mic? I think it's over by Diana's spot. Several questions. We we may not get to <laughs> to all of them. You pick. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it was my understanding that choiceless awareness is um, like one of the goals, per se. Um, is that not the case? And also, I find that it's not something that I make happen. It kind of happens on its own. Mm-hmm. So... I would say there are many forms of practice. Um, the, the, the kind of arc of what we've been exploring here heads in the direction of open awareness. I wouldn't say it's the goal of the practice. The goal, the, the, the aim, I, if we have to say an aim of the practice, it's to meet our experience to understand how greed, aversion, and delusion work in the mind so that the 
wisdom can grow and release greed, aversion, and delusion. Many ways into how we can understand greed, aversion, and delusion in the mind. The, um, the Buddha points to anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing, as being a complete practice in and of itself. So, and, and as, you no, as you noticed, that sometimes when we, we start with something like anapanasati, um, there can be a natural movement towards opening up to more and more experience. So I wouldn't say that choiceless awareness or choiceless attention is the goal of the practice. It is a useful meditative tool to understanding our minds, and it's particularly um, supportive for helping us see the impermanent and conditioned nature of experience because we're not controlling what we're attending to. So the, the kind of the uncontrollable nature of experience also becomes very obvious, the changing nature of experience, that we're not doing experience becomes very obvious. So it's, it's a kind of a, a support for the seeing of the truths of impermanent, unreliable, not-self. And there are many, many, many meditation practices. Yeah. Maybe one more question. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, my particular construct of a person has its its share of anxiety, like I'm sure a lot of people have. And... um, Five years ago, I, I lost the vision in my right eye. So that upped my anxiety. I, 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 we all go through our day noticing things. And for my own protection and whatnot, I notice more. I'm trying to notice more for a variety of reasons, you know, safety or, or embarrassment or whatever. And... Um, I noticed during this practice, like what a relief it was to let the noticing come to me, mm-hmm. and it just feels like, oh, I can let go. I can, I can let go some work. I've been looking for that, wanting to let go, and not really knowing how. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and and the anger, and you saying about the anger, kind of going to that, going back a little bit. That's probably where I'll be for a while because there's sort of a, a comfort there. But um, it just feels like a relief. Like I've, I've had some kind of a... Uh, yeah, I, it, I can let out a sigh of, of relief. Yeah, it can, it can feel that way. And uh, as I described from my own practice, it didn't initially feel that way. But definitely for me at this point, it's so much of a relief not to have to choose... And so appreciate that, appreciate that, you know, the sense of release, there's a sense of release of, you know, that it's okay not to control experience, just let experience arise and be known. Um, And I just want to, to mention for some others of you who may not be having that experience, that's okay. You know, you can also just recognize, 
oh, there's confusion or there's a little bit of sense of where do I land? How do I notice all this stuff? You can also notice that. But yeah, if you are experiencing something like the relief, this may be a a kind of a practice that's a, a little more organic for you, a little more natural for you. And you're welcome to continue to play with it and head in this direction. Because this too is a complete practice. This too is a complete practice in and of itself. The concentration in this practice develops with the continuity of mindfulness rather than a focus on a particular object. It's not like we're letting go of the... um, it's, it's not like we have to develop concentration, then we open up, and then, and then the concentration will dissipate in the opening up, and we have to go back to one object and focus again. The concentration can continue being developed in the moment-to-moment noticing. We could say maybe a simple definition of concentration is moment-to-moment mindfulness, focused or... Um, Uh, One-pointed concentration is moment-to-moment mindfulness on one object. This other kind of concentration, sometimes called momentary concentration or moment-to-moment concentration, is continuity of mindfulness on changing objects. So we're not letting go of the practice of cultivating a form of concentration here. And it can be very restful this way. So thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.